See, I was praying and day after day, night after night, and, and, and trying to figure out, you know, what the direction that, that I felt like God wanted me to go. And I was struggling. Pastor and I had spoke some time ago that, you know, he wanted me to preach tonight, and I had plenty of time to prepare, and this, this is not at all a case of me leaving until the last minute, Pastor, I promise. Um, but I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed, and I fasted, and I, God, what do you want me to talk about? What Lay something in my heart, not just struggled I battled and as I struggled and I battled these this thought of what am I supposed to say what do you want to be delivered to your church what is your people supposed to hear the only thing I could keep doing was my mind just kept racing back to the season I'm in now what I am feeling now and where my heart has been now and the hurt that I feel now the pain that I feel now the tears that I'm crying now, the prayers that I'm praying now. And it's, it's a season of loneliness. It's a season of being by myself. Not because my wife isn't an incredible wife. I love that woman to death. I wouldn't be the man that I am today without her and, and our beautiful son that, that's on the way. And I'm so excited to meet my boy Stetson. Not because any of that, not because our pastor and our first lady haven't been there to, to push me forward, no. Not because people haven't been behind me saying, hey man, you got it, you got it, you got it. No, it's just, it's just a season of loneliness. And I had to remind myself that through this loneliness and through the darkness and through this time where I'm asking God, where are you? I can't hear your voice. To remind myself to be faithful and I have to remind myself to believe and to still push forward and to know that even in the darkness, God has a plan. Often I've been asked who my Bible, favorite Bible character is. Growing up in Sunday school, you're asked that all the time, right? Who's your favorite Bible character? Somebody said Paul. Somebody said Jesus. I hope it was Jesus. But for me, growing up as a kid, every, every little kid, every little boy is like, oh, David. He's cool. He's got this action movie-esque life, right? And as a kid, it was always like, man, yeah, because David fought a lion, and he fought a bear, and then he fought Goliath, and he killed him with a little rock. That's cool. That was my adolescence. And then as I got older, kind of started thinking on it again and more and more. And I was like, you know, what's my favorite Bible character? And I do what a lot of us do. Started overthinking. I'm like, you know what? No, I am a teenager. I need to have this deep philosophical man of God that has to be my favorite Bible character. But oftentimes it wasn't. I kept coming back to David. But now as a teenager, it was because David had a calling in his life. David was anointed by oil, by a prophet. David was called to be great things. And in my mind, I was like, wow, I want to be like that. I want that. Careful what you wish for because it happens. And it's okay. And that's my teenage years. 
And then I've hit young adulthood and I've hit this new season in my life. And, you know, this season of, you know, marriage. And like I mentioned, you know, my, my wife is pregnant. Thank God. Um, it was her doing. Um, had nothing to do with it. I'm just kidding. Um, but hit this new season in my life. And I was reading through the life of David. And although, yes, David had this crazy, exciting life, right? Although David, yes, had crazy battles that he was a part of, and, and he fought armies, and he was loved by many and hated by many, right? We have this super cool story of, of David. He lived almost this 007 lifestyle. But even through all of that, if you dig a little bit deeper into the life of David and you read in between the lines, you start to see the darkness. You start to see David feeling alone. You start to see David feeling lonely and seeking God. And that's kind of where I'm going with this today. And if we could turn to the book of Psalms, chapter 22, and we'll be reading verses 1 and 2. And in this scripture, David's feeling abandoned by God, but he's, you know, kind of expressing a little bit of certainty. And chapter 22, verse 1 reads, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? And verse 2 says, Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not. And in the night season, and am not silent. And from here, I want to give our title, I Still Believe. I Still Believe. We could all pray, Lord, I pray, God, that your spirit descends in this place. I pray, oh God, that your will be done here, Jesus. I pray, Lord, God, that your anointing descend in this place, God. That it be you, Lord, that delivers this, oh God. Take all humanity out of this, Lord God. Take our carnality out of this, oh God. And let it be you, Jesus. Let the Holy Ghost flow in this place, Lord God. Use me, Lord, as your humble servant, oh Lord, to deliver the word, oh God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. This falls in a time right after David has spent time in the Lord. He has recently received an answer to a prayer that he's been praying. He has prayed over protection, and he has given tribute to God. He has rediscovered God's help and his trustworthiness to, to him, David. He has even exalted the Lord for his strength, and even after all of that, David still begs the question, my God, my God. Why hast thou forsaken me? David has seen victory. David has seen wonders. David has sat in front of kings. And those that don't know, David was an incredible musician. And he sat next to kings and he, and he played these beautiful melodies that gave praise and worship unto the Lord. From the outside looking in, it almost looked like David had this picture-perfect life. What could go wrong in David's life? The Bible or the scripture of the Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart because of his faithfulness. 
And I asked the question, I said, God, if, if David was so faithful, why did he ask the question? My God, my God, why, have, why hast thou forsaken me? Now, although David is feeling all of, all of this emptiness and this darkness, in the very next verse, in verse 3, the Bible says, David, excuse me, says, But thou art holy, O, o thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. See, God, the David is expressing his certainty, and David is expressing that he knows that God has a will in his life, and that he knows that God has a plan in his life, and he knows that the Lord is going to do something. And, and David is feeling alone for a little while. He doesn't know where he's going, and he's, he's still trying to figure this thing that we call life out, and he's trying to figure out where am I supposed to go. I know I'm supposed to be the king, but when? David knows he's got this calling in his life, and he's trying to figure out where am I supposed to go from here? And I kind of looked back, and I was like, wow, that's, that's kind of where I'm at, I guess. And I sat in silence as, as I kind of prepared for this, and I read a little bit further into Psalms, and I was like, wow. I have been praying these prayers on, on the few nights that I'm, that I'm able to, to be at Monday night prayer. I pray these prayers, God, why can't I feel you? God, why can't I hear you? God, why don't I feel your embrace? Why don't I, why can't I see the next step? Why can't I see where I'm supposed to be going? I know I have a calling in my life. I know that you have called me to do things, and I know that you want me to do these things, but when? When, God? And I sit, and, and, I, and I hear silence. And I hear silence, and I hear silence. And I'm, I'm the type of person that I'm like, I, I have to have clear direction in front of me. I'm very hands-on in the things that I do. I, I hate uncertainty, and this is why God is putting me through this test, I guess. Because I hate uncertainty. I hate uncertainty all the way from in future life goals all the way to the job that I have. Uncertainty is bad. The unknown is bad. And that is drilled in my mind over and over and over and over again. The unknown is bad. Darkness is bad. Darkness is bad, but yet I sit and I'm still in this darkness. Now, if you don't receive anything from this word, that, that's perfectly fine. As a matter of fact, I feel like this is more for me than it is for anybody else. I feel like I'm preaching to myself, and, and if I'm not preaching to anybody else, that's perfectly fine. You feel this darkness, and then I'm reminded of men and women of God that have gone before me, that have etched this path for us. And I look back at, at men and women, and I'm like, man, I know... For certain, their life wasn't easy. I grew up in Texas, and my dad grew up under the ministry of Bishop Kilgore. I was very blessed and very honored to have grown up under him and to have known him on a personal level. And I know for a fact that Bishop Kilgore's life was not very easy. And those who do know, do know of Bishop Kilgore, 
He was a great man of God with fantastic calling in his life, and his words touched many. And growing up in the state of Texas, what Bishop Kilgore said, it was done. And I looked at the life of Bishop Kilgore, and I was like, wow, he did all these great things. But I know for a fact his life wasn't easy. And I'm reminded the times that Bishop Kilgore would say, you just got to remain faithful. You just got to keep your eyes open, keep them ahead of you. Keep, stay faithful. And I read a little bit further in Scripture, and I came to chapter 23. And I'm going to read the entire chapter, chapter uh, Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou, thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all of the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And I'm reminded when I read that scripture of my faithfulness and the faithfulness that we have in the Lord and even in the darkness and even in the hurt and even in the times of trials and even in the times when the money's not there and you're not, you don't know where your next meal is going to come from and you don't know what, what, how you're going to get to work. You don't know what you're going to do next. You don't know where you're going. You don't know what you're going to do. But you just know that I have to be faithful. I remember having a conversation with, with mom one night. I had just gotten home from work, and she was calling, and, and we were having, talking just business about, you know, music and, and scheduling and stuff like that. And I started explaining to her what I was feeling. And I started explaining to her. I just said, Mom, I, I don't know what to do. I, we don't have money. I don't know how I'm going to pay our bills. I don't know how I'm going to have enough gas to get home to my wife. I don't know. It, for those that don't know, I don't work in the Athens area. I work in the Douglasville area, which is about an hour, 45 minutes, close to two hours with traffic away from here. Um, and I sat there and I said, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I know that this is where I belong. I know that this is where me and my wife and our family is supposed to be but I don't know how I'm supposed to get there. And I feel alone, and I feel hurt, and I feel like it would just be easier to just work overtime and, and, and miss a service here, miss a service there. And, and, you know, that won't be too bad. I can miss one Sunday here, and I can miss one Sunday there. I can, I can miss a Wednesday night here and a Wednesday night there. I, you know, we need the money. We need it. And mom kind of just sat there in silence and, you know, just kind of listened. And I was like, but I can't do that. I can't do that. Not to myself, not to my wife, not to my, my family, not to my future family at the time my wife wasn't pregnant. I can't do that. I have to remain faithful. And I remember telling mom, I said, you know what, if there's, if I don't have anything else in this world, 
I'm going to remain faithful. Because I made a promise to God, and I said, God, I was gone for four years. I lived that life. I'm not, I'm not going back. I choose this. I choose to live this life. And I told God, even in the hard times, even in the dark times, I'm going to stay faithful to your word. I am going to stay faithful to your truth. I am going to stay faithful to your calling. I am going to go where you want me to go. Even though I don't know where I am going, I am going to go. And it's like God kind of looked back and said, okay, you said it. Keep that in mind. And here we are, a little over a year later, and God's like, hey, remember when you said you were going to do all that stuff? And here we are. Here we are. And I, I'm, I'm almost done. I wasn't planning on being long today. Thank you, Pastor. I was brought up in church. My, my parents um, have spent a majority of their life in ministry. My dad has pastored a few churches. He was an evangelist. My mom has been by my father's side for a majority of his ministry. Early on, they have traveled together. They have traveled separately. Um, I, I love my parents. They are, in my eyes, great, a great man and woman of God. And they raised me in this truth. So at a very young age, I received the gift of the Holy Ghost. And I was excited, you know, as most parents are. And, you know, everybody's, yeah, your son received the Holy Ghost. Then at a young age, I got baptized. And again, excited. Awesome. And I grew up and, and all that stuff. And I had men and women prophesying to my life. And I promise you all, I'm not talking to myself to, to boast about myself or to lift myself up. Um, I have lived my life, and I can't tell a better story about anybody else's life other than my own. Um, so I grew up, and, and, and men, men of God have prophesied over my life, and I knew that I had a calling over my life. I knew God wanted, there was a plan in my life that God wanted me to do, and for a while, I ran from it, as, as some teenagers do. And then, you know, I grew up and all of that stuff. And, you know, my parents had a relationship with God, but I never really had a relationship with God for myself. And, you know, I left church and, and all of that stuff. And it was dark and, and all of that. And looking back, I look back at my life, and I'm like, man, I've seen the victories. I have seen the miracles. I have seen the signs. I have seen the wonders. I have gone to conferences alongside my dad where I have seen hundreds of thousands of people be filled with the Holy Ghost. I have been in services where I have seen the lines out the door for people to get baptized. I have been in services where I've seen people miraculously healed and, and all of this and all of that. And even after seeing all of that, I would still find darkness. I would still feel alone. And I had to remind myself like David you have to still believe. And I would ask that question many times, you know, God, why did you forget me? I would see my friends that, that would go off to, to school and stuff like that. And, and, and I, I, I did some time in Bible college and all of that stuff. Bible college, not bridal college. I didn't get married in Bible college. Praise the Lord. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, I did. I did go there. Um, but 
I saw my friends and their ministries flourishing, and I saw their ministries growing. And I asked God, God, you know, I know you have a calling in my life, but why is, you know, why is his, his or her ministry flourishing, but mine is kind of in the back burner? And it was hard to be faithful. It was hard to keep the faith. It was hard to keep my head up. But like David, I had to still believe. And even through uncertainty, I know and I knew that God was faithful. I know that God provides. I know that God has a way. I know that God has a will in my life, and I know that God has a will in each and one of your lives. And I know that God is going to do something in church, even though there, there may be a little bit of a darkness right now, and even though there is a little bit of, you know, you feeling that you're by yourself, and you're feeling like nobody else is listening to you, and you feel like God isn't listening to you, and you feel like God isn't answering your prayers. You sat here on Monday night prayer, and you have prayed these prayers when, when, when our, our ministers and our men of God are saying, you know, Church, remain faithful and, and keep praying. God is going to do the miracle, and, and God is going to complete the miracle, and God is going to provide for you. And I'm sure, you know, there is that thought in the back of Landon's mind when he was here Monday night. You know, what if, what if you know, is that miracle going to happen? But there's that little bit of faith. That's all it takes. It's just that little bit of faith. Faith the size of a mustard seed. Where I say, you know what? I got that doubt, but I got that faith. I got that faith strapped, yo. I'm ready to go. It's hard. It's dark. But I got faith. God is going to do it. God is going to come through. God is going to fulfill his plan in my life. God is going to fulfill the plan in this church. God is going to fulfill the calling in your life. God is going to do it. And mom, you can come. I'm, I'm, I'm closing. There's a small story I want to, I want to tell you guys. Jeremy Camp married his college sweetheart, Melissa Lynn Henning. And as they began their matrimony, they learned, unfortunately, that Melissa suffered from ovarian cancer. As the time passed, her, her illness increased. And unfortunately, she did pass from, from, from the cancer that had riddled her body. See, I don't know if a lot of people know who Jeremy Camp is, um, but Jeremy Camp was this phenomenal songwriter. And I grew up listening to his music. Um, you, can, you can ask my wife. My wife hates when I put my playlist on for church because they are always just old school songs. And they're the best. And I love them. And, and it's mom's fault. She, she, I grew up uh, playing under her, and she, she had a lot to do with the type of music that I'm into. And my wife gives me a hard time about it every time. I put my playlist on, and her AirPods go in. That's just how it is. Jeremy Camp was this phenomenal she listens to Christian music in her AirPods. She's giving me a face in the back, and it's, she's listening to her. She's listening to to the Lord, as well. <laughs> but Jeremy Camp was this phenomenal songwriter and phenomenal artist, phenomenal singer. And unfortunately, when his wife passed, when Melissa passed, he went into this deep depression. 
suppression where he decided, you know what, I, I want nothing to do with music. I want nothing to do with songwriting. I don't even want to play. And time goes on, and in this hurting and in this darkness and in this pain of losing Melissa, who is his, his greatest love, he wrote a song. The song was uh, named I Still Believe. And I'm going to read these lyrics to you. And they're very simple. Very simple lyrics. The scattered words and empty thoughts seem to pour from my heart. I've never felt so torn before. Seems I don't know where to start. But it's now that I feel your grace fall like rain from every fingertip washing away my pain. Because I still believe in your faithfulness. Because I still believe in your truth. Because I still believe in your holy word. Even when I don't see, I still believe. It goes on to say, though the questions still fog up my mind with promises I still seem to bear. Well, even when answers slowly unwind, it's my heart I see you prepare. But it's now that I feel your grace fall like rain with every fingertip or from every fingertip washing away my pain. It goes on. And it says the same course as before because I still believe in your faithfulness and I still believe in your truth and I still believe in your holy word because even when I don't see, I still believe. And the last little verse reads, well, the only place I can go is into your arms where I throw to you my feeble prayers. Well, in my brokenness, I can see that this was your will for me. Well, help me to know that you are near. And that's probably my favorite part of the song. And it's a phenomenal song. But it's that little bridge. And I'll read it again. It says, well, the only place I can go is in your arms nowhere else even in the darkness even in the pain there's that little bit of faith that pushes me to go into your arms and every prayer that I throw your way even though I feel like you're not answering them you hear them and even in my brokenness and even though my cup is empty and even though I have nothing else to give, and even though I'm up here on a Sunday and on a Wednesday, and I've given everything, I've given all of my energy, I've given all of my mind, my heart, I've given it all, and I have nothing left. And I'm sitting in this darkness. I'm going to stand up, Lord, and say that I still believe. 
I still have faith in your word. I still have faith in your plan. I still have faith in what you did for us because you died on that cross for me when I didn't deserve it. Knowing that I would come into this world and I would be a dirty sinner, you still selflessly went to that cross and you gave your life for me. For little old Josias from Douglasville, Georgia, or as I like to call it, Thuglasville, Georgia. I work in the ghetto, y'all. It's all right. But a little old sinner like me, the Lord said, I've got a plan, and we can all stand. And I encourage you to come to this altar. And if you've got nothing else from my rambling and, and blabbing on, just get this. Remain faithful. Even though it is dark, and even though God hasn't answered the prayer that you've been praying, even though God hasn't brought your family members back to church the way he promised, even though God hasn't filled your cousins and your family members and your friends with the Holy Ghost the way he promised, even though your calling hasn't flourished into what you believe it's supposed to be, even though it is dark and you don't know where you're supposed to go, keep the faith. Keep pressing forward. And just remember that God is going to do it because it's God's time. It's not Drake's time. It's not Stephen's time. It's not Joe's time. It's not Pastor's time. It's God's time. God is going to do it. God is going to bring you out of that darkness. God is going to bring you out of that hurt. God is going to bring you out of that pain. God is going to do it. I encourage you to come to this altar.